Hi, it's Renergy. Money, 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 part two. I'm late today because I didn't even have breakfast till five o'clock, till dinner time. Um, because I'm dealing with people who are having a lot of problems with money and income and employment and unemployment and getting hurt and losing all of their insurance at work, losing their jobs, losing their life insurance, losing their health insurance. Obamacare, we have about 150 days before um, 55 or 45 more regulations get implemented and 113 more taxes for all of you people who voted for this maniac and for that program. Good luck, because your premiums for health care are going to go up anywhere from 48%, which is the lowest, to 295%, which is the median to 440% in some states and some places. Now, if you're paying $1,000, no, actually, probably uh, $1,600 a month, multiply that by 440%. That's almost $5,000 a month. That's $60,000 a year. Can you afford that? Probably not. So there's a couple different things you have to do, Right? Uh, you all know I'm a holistic health practitioner and consultant and, a, and a, an author who's written about alternative health and holistic health. One thing people have to start doing is, and I hate to say it this way, because I'm not one of those, uh, I don't even know what to call them, um, one of those, I don't know, wannabes, whatever. Um, but you have to start taking some kind of care of yourself. <laughs> Um, you know, I've talked about water in the past. Water, I'm telling you, if you don't have a full house fil filtration, filtration system, sorry, um, you're being pummeled with more than 770 chemicals every time you take a bath or a shower. Forget about drinking it. It's the bath and the shower. It absorbs through your skin and it goes right to the cells. And you might not feel it for a few years. Your babies might not feel it till they're 20. Um, but you will. It does finally eat away and permeate and cause all kinds of things to happen where doctors can't figure out where that disease came from. Not that they try, because they never look for the cause. They just try to give you a dose of something to change the symptoms. But there's the beginning is water. And people say, well, I can't afford it. Yep, you probably can't now because you should have done it about 10 or 15 years ago, but that's spilt milk and bad water, so we got to figure out what you can do. I had somebody tell me yesterday that they don't think they can do anything because they're taking care of their kids and their kids' kids because they weren't tough enough on the kids to get them out there to, to do what they needed to do. So she's working full-time and exhausted with a broken computer and a bad phone and a broken body. And the kids are doing what? Oh, they might get a part-time job and work four hours a day and then come home and have to relax because it's just been so hard. Well, <clears throat> tough love. Tough love, people. I mean, I don't know where we lost our work ethic. I don't know how America would ever have been built with the people that we have in America today. I mean, look at the Hoover Dam. Look at the, the, the 
infrastructure, the, the roadways that go all the way across the country, and were built not in 20 years under a stimulus package, but in months. Months. Look at the buildings that were built in months under terrible weather conditions and everything, and, and we still did it because we had a work ethic. We got up and we said, we're going to do this and we feel good about it. And I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of my work because I'm working in America. And I'm working for my family. I'm, I'm working for myself. And everything I do is important to building this country. Well, we don't have that anymore. I, I, can't, um, I, I can't even think of one, not even my own, well, my own a little, but um, I can't think of many kids between the ages of 20 and 35 who say today, you know, I'm, I'm working for America. I really love it. I can't wait to make a difference in this country. I can't wait to do something creative and wonderful to make this country better. That's how I grew up. Now, the jobs I had when I was younger weren't things that were making the country better in my mind. They were just things that put some money in my pocket so that I had food and shoes and things like that. Um, but they did make the country better. I mean, I, I <laughs> everything we do helps the country, but you have to do it. You have to get out and do it. And that's not just taxes that get paid to the government. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the things that people can do for humanity. And most people today, um, they're just into their own little worlds of survival. And humanity is going to hell in a handbasket. And we see it everywhere. We see it globally. We see evil everywhere. And people are giving up. I, there's town halls going on right now because Congress is on vacation, on our dime, of course. Um, and I've seen some of the videos from some of the town halls. I mean, some of them go viral because people are really angry and telling Congress to quit being nice guys. I've heard congressmen say, you know, there's nothing they can do anymore about Obama because he got elected. And that was, so that's all over now. Well, what do you think? You don't have the power in Congress to say, yep, the people messed up or and or Soros's machines and the corruption and the fraud got him, got you elected, but... You're destroying the Constitution and you're destroying America, so we as the representatives of the people are going to remove you? No. They just say, well, he was elected, so it's all over. Really? <laughs> well, he knows that, so it's going to be all over. He's telling kids now, uh, millennials, those are the, the kids that are over 18, who are of age, who are still living at home. Do you know the percentage? 47% of millennials live with their parents. Now, when I was in California the very first time in years, um, some years ago, I talked to a friend of mine about that, and she said, well, they can't afford to move out. Why can't they afford to move out? Because they have jobs that don't pay them well enough. Okay, just one? Just one part-time job, or what? Now, when I was, before I went into the Marines, when I was younger than that, I held three part-time jobs so that I could afford what I needed to, to afford. And it wasn't easy. And I didn't have time to come home and play video games and relax or go surfing for three or four hours every day. I didn't have time. Did I make good time with people? Yeah, I learned how to create 
time, quality time, and I learned how to create time to work. But that's okay, that's a little bit off the subject. We have uh, a whole generation that's not working, and um, a very high unemployment rate among the different cultures, blacks and Hispanics and uh, rich white kids. Uh, but <clears throat> that's not the problem, is it? The problem is really the the 35 to 65-year-olds right now because um, they've worked hard. They have went to college, most of them. They've been working. And now many of the companies and corporations that they work for have to cut their hours. And they have kids who don't work, so they're out working twice as hard. And then they come home and those same kids who are relaxing, they aren't taking care of the home. So those people, men and women, are coming home and taking care of all the other stuff on top of it. And they don't know how to afford anything, so they're in survival mode. And that survival mode, once you get in it, it's very hard to get out. Because every single day you wake up and wonder how you're going to survive. It's a lot different to wake up and say, I can't wait to greet the day. When you wake up and say, I don't know how I'm going to survive, that starts your whole energy pattern right there. You're in survival mode. And it affects your relationships, it affects your friendships, your, your kids, your spouses, everybody. It affects everyone. Because once you have that energy of survival mode, it puts you into a place where um, you can't hear anymore and you can't see anymore. You almost can't feel anymore. You're numb because you're too busy trying to survive. We see uh, insects that do that. We don't see mammals so much that run around trying to survive. They sleep and they eat and they hunt and they do those things, but insects are the ones that are trying to survive. And, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to be an insect. So what can you do? What's the answer to all of this besides working multiple jobs? Well, the stuff at home you're going to have to take care of. I mean, it's supposed to be a codependent um, society. We're not independent. The Declaration of Independence was to gain our independence from the king who was taxing us. Um, but then Americans had to learn to be interdependent, not codependent, not like, I can't live without you or I'm relying on you too much, or I lean on you too much, or whatever people think, codependence is not a good thing when it's out of balance. But interdependence, where we know we have a community of people, where we know we can rely on each other for different things. I I got busy, and <clears throat> everyone here is gone. So, um, you know, everybody plants everything, and they, they do all these things, and it's high maintenance, and then they go, okay, we're leaving now, take care of it while we're gone, and, you know, I got so busy doing my own things that I have to do that um, the eggplant and the okra and the tomatoes were out there, and, and my friend said she was she was taking care of it, but she wasn't, um, and so it got kind of out of hand, and, but, okay, so what did I do? I, I took care of what I had to take care of so it doesn't go bad, and, and get rotten or get wasted, and I had too much to fit in the freezer and, and other places, so we have a new house across the street and neighbors, so I packed up a little basket and went over and talked to them for a couple hours and met them, and, and that was good because that builds the community. But 
it's part of that interdependence. And what I told them was, you need something, come over and get it out of the garden. You want to go swimming, I'll introduce you to John next door. You can use this pool. I didn't ask John first. I said, you need something built or you need whatever. You got Ken over on the other side of me. He does those things and he does a great job. Then I told Ken today. I told them about you and, and if they need something, I'm sure you'll take care of them. You'll help them out. And you build a community. That's not community organizing. It's called building a community of interdependence where we start knowing and relying on people around us in our families, in our neighborhoods, our schools, our workplaces, and we find their strengths and weaknesses and say, okay, you're good at this. Can you help these five people do that or with that? And I'm good at this, and I'll help you with what I can do well. And together, we can get it done. Instead of being these totally independent, elitist weirdos like we have become, Locked in our little houses with our mailboxes and our numbers on our houses, and that's who we are, the number on the mailbox or the number on the house. And I'm going to do it alone, and I don't want to rely on anyone, and I don't want to ask anyone for help because they'll think I'm dumb, and they'll think I can't do it. And Besides that, I want total control, and I don't want anybody else to, to do it wrong or do it differently. Okay, then, well, do it yourself. <clears throat> But there's only, you know, 68 hours in a day. <laughs> I mean, that's what I have is like 68 hours in a day. But um, it, you run out of time, don't you? And you run out of energy. So if you're working hard and all you have is bills, first of all, figure out where the bills are coming from and why. You have a certain budget you should be living on for food and utilities and gas in the car and entertainment, you know, everybody doesn't need to be connected to the internet on their cell phone if it's going to cost money. You don't need the most expensive cable company with all the channels because, you know, they don't watch them. Um, you don't need to go out to dinner every night. If you stop going out to dinner every night and start doing things at home, you'll save, you know, several thousand dollars a year that way. You don't need to take the car everywhere. And if you plan ahead... You can make a full circle with your errands and not have to go back and forth and waste a lot of gas. Do you need the newest car that's on the market? No. Do you need to go out if you're women and buy another pair of shoes? Or another dress or hat? Or a different bunch of makeup? If you're a man, do you really, really need to go golfing all the time? you know how much that costs? I mean, come on. You know, yes, we should live free and live happily, but, but, but we live beyond our means right now. And so you start using the credit cards, and the credit cards get maxed out, and the banks are making lots of money on your interest, and that interest, you know, they take your money and use it for things that, that most of us don't like. So why would you want to give them that money in the first place? So there's another, other strategies. Now, what happens when you get hurt? You have disability insurance at work. If you're uh, a small business or self-employed, are you covered for that? Do you have an income for the time it takes you to recover or an income for life? If you are totally disabled, are you just going to go to Social Security and see how much they'll give you? <clears throat> some some people know know how to do that. They know how to play the system, go to Social Security and make a lot of money, you know. But... Um, Others don't, so. <laughs> okay, so if you if, if you got that covered with disability, now do you have life insurance? 
And people say, well, that's for when you die. No, no, that's what yeah, life insurance used to be sold as. Take care of your expenses at death and maybe give your family a little income because you're gone. And as it progressed from term insurance to whole life, to universal life, to flexible uh, premium universal life, and, and then, um, oh, what was it, uh, variable universal life, it was all done because people thought they needed it for other things or to make more money for their death benefit. And then people realized that when you have a death benefit that it goes into your estate and estate taxes took all of Elvis Presley's money because he didn't wasn't covered correctly. And So I asked people two questions. Do you have life insurance? And does it pay you to live? Can you answer yes to both those questions? If you can't, you know, you know my website, you know my email. Um... You need to be talking and changing some things. If you have insurance and it's not paying you to live, in other words, you get hurt at work or you get cancer or you have a heart attack or you have a stroke, most people have those things. 48% of the population of America will have a stroke, a heart attack, or get cancer before they're 43 years old. And when that happens, they stop having an income. So what are you going to do? You're going to do what this woman, 52, told me on the phone today. I said, so, you know, you, you, you busted your knee, you lost your job, so you lost your insurance. What did you use to pay the bills? And what she told me was she had to take all of her 401k and IRA money, cash it in with a penalty, a penalty, 10%, and she has to pay taxes on all of it to pay for the medical bills that are making her get well enough so she might be able to go looking for a job again. Well, she's broke. You know, that's what J-O-B stands for, is you, you have a job, J-O-B, you're just ab above, just over broke. Right? Just over broke. Um, and even though you're working. So... If you And then some people say, well, I don't need it. I don't have life insurance. I don't need it. And something happens to the spouse or, or one of their children who isn't insured. Um, my brother died when he was 21. He had an aneurysm. And my father had cashed in his insurance. And um, what happened was there was no money to bury him. So they had to take all the savings bonds that were given at Christmas time that should should have been waiting in to, to mature so that they were worth what they're supposed to be worth, cash them all in to afford to pay for my brother's funeral and then borrow money um, because he wasn't insured. They took the insurance off. And um, when my father died, my mother ended up with nothing because he cashed in his insurance. He didn't think he needed it anymore. The kids are too old. So, you know, he's going to be fine. Do this. Sit down and draw a circle and put yourself in the middle and put a bunch of circles, like maybe ten. Ten little circles around, in a circle, around your circle. And in those circles, start putting the names of everybody you know. Start with your family, your kids, your mom, your dad, your uncles, your aunts, your cousins. Then your neighbors, your people at work, people at church, people at school. Just write their names in there. Until you fill them up as much as you can. Until you can't think of anybody anymore. And then take a, a red magic marker. And out, if you, do eight circles. And out of those eight circles, I want you to draw a red line 
through four of those circles that that you can guess the people in those circles are going to have a heart attack, stroke, or cancer. See if you can pick and choose. You're not going to be able to because only God knows that. So all of those people are at risk every single day. And, and that's only from disease, not from you know, accidents and, and car accidents that kill us and things like that. But we're all at risk. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And some people say, well, I don't care. You know, I'm not going to pay for something that doesn't, doesn't do anything unless I'm dead. Well, that's what I'm talking about. That's the wrong kind of insurance to have. It doesn't pay you to live. There's new products out there, and they've all changed, and only the rich people understand them and know them and use them, where you can, instead of giving your money to an IRA or 401k for retirement, you use these other vehicles that will give you money tax-free for retirement. Yeah, but I saved $56 or something on my taxes, and so I have to do, you know, an IRA that gives me some tax break. And I have more money in my pocket. Yeah, you got $56. Um, and then when you get to be 59 and a half or 60 and you need more money because now you're, you know, you, you broke your knee last, last year and um, you still have bills to pay and you don't have a job anymore or you're only working part-time, you need the money and now you have to pay the IRS. Did it build up? Not when the market crashes. So... You thought you were going to have, if you kept putting money in an IRA and a CD or a mutual fund or whatever, you thought by the time you got to be 65 or 70 years old and maybe could partially retire, that you'd take that money and, and you could go do things with it. But what happens when the market crashes? You lose it, right? Now, you got some tax breaks to put in there, but your intent was not the tax break. That's not what it's about. Your intent was to build up enough money to, to live on when you don't have an income anymore. And now it's gone because the market crashed. Or it's gone because you fell at work or you fell at the pool or whatever and you busted your back or you busted your knee and all the medical expenses were out there and you had to take care of the kids and you had to hire somebody to do it and um, you, you couldn't afford it so you had to cash them all in. Now what are you going to do? Now you're 50 years old? Very hard to save for retirement when you're 50 years old without an income. So if you have insurance at home um, that's not paying you to live, it doesn't have the, the, it's not written properly so that if you do have a disease or you fall or you get hurt, you can take money from that policy and use it to pay those bills without paying the tax man, you've got the wrong insurance. If you don't have Insurance that has writers on your children in case something happens to them. God forbid, but, you know, we live in a world where that happens. You've got, you've got the wrong insurance. Well, I can't afford insurance is what you're going to say. <laughs> Can you afford um, $10 a day? Do you go to McDonald's and, and lunch and dinner sometimes even and spend $10 a day on fast food restaurants? Can you afford not to do this? I think you got to rethink what you're doing. Um, now, not just for emergencies, but for retirement too. While you're protecting your family in case you die, and while you're protecting yourself in case you live for retirement, 
you, or in case you get hurt, you have to also protect yourself in case you live so you have money to retire on. And there are ways to do that. And it doesn't cost a million zillion dollars to do that. But if you don't start at a good age, it will. If you wait till you're 65 or 70 to start saving for retirement, you're living a whole nother life. You might as well keep working because you haven't saved anything. And that's what a lot of people my age, my generation are saying they're going to work forever because they don't have enough retirement anymore. Well, you got to still start sometime. And if you have to start, you know, and you only <clears throat> can provide for yourself, you know, whatever, 500 or $1,000, $1,500 a month income, that's better than nothing. And if you're relying on Social Security, you say, well, I'm going to get 2500 a month in Social Security. That's $35,000 a year. If you do, and remember, Social Security doesn't even go up with, the, with inflation. So that $5 that's, that you get <clears throat> with inflation is, and the value of the dollar is really $0.97. Cents. That's how much you can buy with that $5. And that's going to not get better. Or, I mean, we're $70 trillion in debt in America. The only thing that the progressives are going to do to you is tax you. They're going to take even more of the money that you make that isn't worth as much as it should be. So if you don't start planning now, when are you going to do it? Or are you just going to keep on working the jobs and, and coming home exhausted and letting the kids get away with murder and, and then die? Well, that's not living. And I know that there are people who feel that because I counsel people who are suicidal and depressed and everybody's on Lyrica or whatever and I mean uh, come on come on people we're Americans we can fix these things we have solutions it's not always easy you might have to put a target out there with a bullseye and you might not hit the bullseye but at least do something to hit the target don't just walk away from it because when you walk away you're going to hate yourself and when you hate yourself for, and, and you can't love that person in the mirror so that you get up every morning and, and greet that person and say, let's go do it. Let's make this day even better than yesterday. When you can't do that, you're not living anymore. You're just existing. And in America, with everything that's going on, the people who want to fight to keep this constitutional republic and not turn it into Islam or, or Mexico or whatever all these people are trying to make America... The people who are trying to save this country are tired. They've been fighting so long and trying to get people to understand and to listen. And at the same time, they're the ones out supporting their families. They're not home on unemployment and welfare and food stamps. They're not the 47% that now get food stamps. Good Lord. You know, I got food stamps once for two days and it embarrassed my father and embarrassed me. It was a long, long time ago. Um, I guess when Lyndon Johnson was in office, I think he, I think he's the one that started the whole thing. Another progressive, um, and it was embarrassing. It's like you walk in and you'd have to use food stamps to buy food, and people just look at you like, oh, you're not employable, you're not smart, you're not creative, you don't know how to work, you know, you're lazy, you're a bum. I mean, those kinds of things used to affect us, and and they, you know, they sound negative. But I didn't want to be called a bum or lazy. These kids today are like, yeah, that's cool, isn't it? No, it's not.
Why are you living? Why are you here? Why? 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 <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I don't get it. And, and I, I deal with a lot of kids, and I do turn them around, and I change their lives. And I, what I do for them is give them self-esteem so that they learn that they want to be the best they can be. And that's what parents have to start doing so that these kids will get out there and start changing the world in a good way by working, by creating, by going to school, by wanting to do that, white or black or yellow or red or green. Um, you know, it's not cool to walk around and not be in school. It's not cool to walk around with your pants down to your knees and uh, all those just no self-respect, no self-esteem. Um... If we have to start somewhere, I guess we'd start there. But if you've got money problems, if you're, you know, all you have is bills, they're, cut up the credit cards. Live on what you have. Make your kids live on what you have. If they're mad at you, they'll manage you. They'll learn something from it. Don't worry about your kids being mad at you. They'll either get over it or they'll learn the lesson of their lives. And it's the best thing you can do for them. Because even the birds and the animals will kick their little babies out. We've got baby um, cardinals all over the place, you know, and, and blue jays. And they keep, nah, nah, nah. they, they want to eat, they want to eat. And I watch this go on, and the, the, the parents will take care of them up to a point. And then it's like one day, it, I, it seems like they all do it the same day. It's like, you know what, kid, you're on your own. And, the, and they leave them back there crying for food they know how to get their own food but they don't want to so those birds are smarter than we are they'll just fly away and say you're on your own the bird, the food's right there figure it out go to work figure out how to live as a bird well our kids don't even know how to live as birds and what we're doing as parents is enabling them or not empowering them so start cutting up the credit cards and uh, not eating out all the time and planning your day and turn the TV off. And, you know, everybody does not need every gadget that's out there. They'll survive. They will, and they won't be in survival mode. They'll just survive. And then start looking at how you're dealing with your money. There should be a four-cornerstone philosophy there. Draw, you know, the four corners. And in one, the upper left-hand corner, look at, where your money is in the bank or whatever, you need six months' worth of expenses there, something that you can access in emergencies. And if you can't get that, then we have to look at the the next block over, which is protection. You have to have protection for your car. If somebody wrecks your car, you, you, you know, you have insurance on it. You, you need protection so that when you retire, you have enough to retire on. You need protection if you get disabled. You need protection if you die or somebody dies in your family so that you don't have to pay all the bills using your retirement funds to do it. So those two top blocks are the most important, not whether you jump down and buy into the stock market and buy gold and silver and buy bonds and all those things. Until you have the two top blocks balanced, you're not going to get anywhere. And then you have to always look at what taxes do to that. You know, people say, well, I'm going to keep my IRAs and my 401ks because I want to save money on taxes. Yeah. Now, if they do make money, you're really going to pay through the nose. So you're not going to make money. So there's things that you can do, okay? And you need to talk about them and not be afraid to talk about them and not to be afraid to make the changes necessary 
so that you can retire with dignity and live with self-respect. And your kids can learn the same thing. That they learn how to put money away, how to plan, how to, how to think about something other than themselves and feel good about what they're doing and feel good about their lives. So let's start there. I may do a part three. I'm not sure. But at least we got this far today. Um, I'm Raina G. Go to earthwalk-usa.com or go to live, L-I-V-E, dot freedom equity group. Freedom equity group dot com. And kind of hang out there and watch some of the videos and learn some things. Um, I'll be back in a couple days. Share these. Be good. Thanks for listening.